also has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess of things in heaven and things in earth that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Be seated, please. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I don't know if I should tell you this or not, but in my own interest, I think I will. I, we have a clock on the screen in the back of the church. Here's there all the time. We put it back there so you wouldn't be seeing it and watching the clock and say, when are they going to get through? But we also put it there so we could see it and know when to get through. However, for the last two Sundays, and that includes today, I cannot read that clock. If I stop and look real strongly at it, I can make it out. But I can't do that while I'm preaching. You know what that means. over there on the railing. I could just punch a button and it will tell me what time it is. So if I, if I see anybody getting yawning too much or getting too snoozy, I may go over there and check it out and be sure I'm not running over time. I think I have something to tell you from the Lord today. It is not what I planned to preach on, but yesterday during the day, my thoughts completely changed about what I should bring to you this morning. In some ways that makes it difficult because it's not as much time to put it together. But when it's flowing from the Holy Spirit, it, it doesn't take all that long. And, and, and so I believe that God has given me a message for you today. And I'm saying this because I want you to receive this not as something that I'm just telling you about, but it's something that's important for you to know, for you to believe, and for you to act upon. A long time ago, long time ago, sometimes more than I want to remember as far as the time, the length of time is concerned. I had an experience that, that changed my life. It, it changed my life at that time. And everything that I was doing changed. I stopped doing things I was doing. I started doing things I had never done before in my life. And I kept on doing that. And I've been following that pattern now for, for all of my life since that started on that August night years and years ago when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And I started on this journey. I started this race, a race that is only valid if we complete it. You don't get credit for running this race part of the way and then decide to sit down and take a rest while the race runs out. The benefit and the blessing of being in this race is that you go, it comes when you go on and on and on. It doesn't matter, I think, if you rest a little while along the way, but it does matter if you keep on resting and don't stay in the race. So I want to talk to you this morning 
on this subject, simple as it is, do not quit. Do not quit. I hope you've already quit almost all of the bad things that you need to quit. And what I'm talking about today is do not fail to finish this race that you started when you met Jesus Christ. And if you haven't started on this race yet, you need to do it today. When I call it a race, it doesn't mean that you're trying to outpace other people. It means that there's a course set as a beginning of that course for you, and there's a finish line for you. It doesn't matter that you, how fast you run the race. This is not a race to the swift, the Bible says. This is a race to those who endure. This is a race to those who finish it. This is a race for those who do not quit. In the presidential primaries of late 04 and 2005, a Democrat was running for office. There were many Democrats running for office, as there were many Republicans running for office. It always starts out that way, and then it thins down, and finally it comes down to two people for us to vote on. Boy, I'm not sure this process works, but it seems to have all this time. The problem is that sometimes the two that wind up that you vote on, you don't want either one of them. But that's another story and another time. So in this primary, when the Iowa caucuses were held, the first expression of opinion by the people in the caucuses or the primaries of the states in a presidential election, the leader of the House, the, the, uh, the minority leader of the House at that time was Dick Gephardt, a representative from, the, from a, uh, a district in Missouri. And uh, he expected to win that primary because he was leading it. Then other people got in, and he dropped the second, dropped the third. And finally, when the votes were counted at the end of the caucus, he was in fourth place. And he made a speech to his followers that night. You know how they do when it's all over? Doesn't matter whether you had the most or the least votes. You're always up there. Thank you. You did a great job. We had a great victory. We just need to do better. Well, he got up that night and he said, no matter what happens, never, 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 never. I don't know how many times he said never. I stopped counting at about 20. Never, never quit. The next day he withdrew from the race. My message is about finishing the race, completing your course, arriving at the destination that your Lord has set for you. This is Acts chapter 20, verse 24, the words of the Apostle Paul. He says, but I do not account my life of any value, nor as precious to myself. If only I may finish my course finish my course and the ministry that I received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. That was one of the primary verses I used when I preached on the grace of God just recently. Remembered it yesterday. 
And I remember it for a different reason. I remember that Paul said he wanted to preach the great gospel of the grace of God till the very end of the road for him. He wanted to finish his course in the ministry that he had received from the Lord. And this is the way the New Living Translation puts that verse. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. So he said, the only reason I'm living is to finish the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus. He remembered well that day on the Damascus Road when he had an encounter that transformed his life in a revolutionary way. He remembered all the things that had happened shortly after that because when Paul, or Saul of Tarsus at the time, was saved, he didn't encounter a great welcome from the church. Oh, we're glad to have a new brother in our fellowship. Come on in. He encountered every kind of opposition, not only from the Jews who felt he had betrayed them, but from the Christians who were afraid that he was fooling them, deceiving them. So when he was first saved, he went into the city of Damascus, and Ananias came and prayed for him, reluctantly, fearfully, but God told him to do it. Ananias came and laid his hands on Saul so that he, gave, he, he received his sight back again because he'd been blind for three days after that encounter with Jesus. So then he got up, and the first thing he did was he started testifying. He was preaching, and he was testifying. What God has done for him, look, look what God has done for me. I met Jesus Christ. I thought it was a myth. I thought it was a, uh, it was a foolish errand. I thought it was a totally deceptive message, but now I know it's the truth. It's a re- so the transformation in his life. And he thought, I'm sure, that people would respond to him and flock to him, but they did not. Only a few did. And he was threatened. His life was threatened while he was there in Damascus to the extent that they made a plot to kill him and he had to put a plan together with some of the, those who had become his friends to escape from the city. So that at night they took him out and put him in a basket and laid him down over the wall so he could get away surreptitiously and not be seen and flee from the city of Damascus before his life could be taken. He didn't have a very good start if you look at it in terms of today. It was a drastic and almost disastrous beginning. But Paul escaped under the hand of the Lord. And here's my point to you. He could have at the very beginning say, he could have said in the very beginning, this is not what I signed up for. When I fell on that road and I saw that blinding light, I heard that voice and I said, Lord, who are you? And he said he was Jesus Christ. And I said, Lord, what will you have me to do? I might have gone too far. I got myself in deeper water than I thought I was going to when I said, what do you want me to do, Lord? And I said, I'd do it. I didn't expect all of this. I thought I'd at least be welcomed by the believers, even if I was castigated by those people I was leaving. But nothing good is happening to me except a few friends are going to help me get my life, get away with my life. So what did Paul say about that? When all of that considered and many other things that happened that could have destroyed his life and ruined his testimony, but Paul stood fast. This is what Paul felt in his heart. This is what he believes that later on, 
After much time had passed from that occasion in Damascus, Paul spoke these words that were recorded by Luke in the book of Acts. And he said, My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus Christ. And I say to you today, my friends, it doesn't matter what level you're living on, whether uh, what level you're living on in the world, what level social, sociological or eco- economically. I'll get it said in a second. Might think a few more. <laughs> it doesn't matter what level you're living on, what your status in life is. God has given you an assignment, and you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to fulfill the assignment that Jesus Christ has given to you. There is no lack, no change, no no being swayed away from that. If we are Christians in the line of the Apostle Paul and those who served with him, they gave their lives. I don't mean gave up their lives physically necessarily. I mean dedicated their days of their lives to the glory of God, to fulfill the assignment that he had given to them. And the blessings of God poured upon your life are evidence to you, and you must take it this way. The blessings of God are given to you as as a declaration of an assignment to you to serve God. Romans chapter 2 tells us that it is God's grace. When God gives us his grace, it isn't. It isn't just to show us blessing. It is to draw us closer to Him. Sometimes calamities come to draw us closer to Him. But it's also true that the blessings of God and the grace of God are intended to bring us closer to Him. So the good blessings that you have, that you've received, that make you feel like you don't really need the Lord all that much anymore, you're looking at it from the wrong point of view. God has given you good things to draw you closer to Him in appreciation and love for His favor and blessing. He doesn't pour blessings upon you so that you won't need Him anymore. He pours blessings upon you to let you know that He's good enough to give you those blessings and you need Him and you need to serve Him better and closer because of it. And so, someone said, you've heard it, I know, Quitters never win, and winners never quit. It, it, it's a nice little saying, and the fact is, it's true. Some of these things we say are just little conundrums we pass along. This is true. If you want to win in the race, you don't quit. The one thing you don't do, if you're going to, if you're going to win this race that the Lord set our path, if you want to win that race, you do not quit. That's the one thing you do not do. I'm not talking about just quitting serving God. I'm talking about quitting your assignment that God has put on your life, that God has challenged you with to serve Him. So finish the race. Complete the work. Complete the assignment. And you can finish this race in victory. You don't have to be pulled across the finish line broken and torn and ragged and scraped and half naked and bruised and battered. You can walk across the finish line in victory in the power
power of God and the strength of God and the miraculous delivering grace of God. We can finish this race, complete this assignment in the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ that he promises to us everywhere in his word. He doesn't promise we won't have a battle, but he promises we'll win the battle. He doesn't promise us that we'll have an easy way, but we will have a victorious way. He tells us that we can finish this race that he's given to us, this assignment that he's given to us to walk with him and serve him and bring others to know the Lord Jesus. You may cross this line with scars. I've got a few scars myself. I'm not talking about physical scars, scars necessarily. I've got a few scars myself. And, and many of you have too. You've been wounded in the house of God. You've been hurt in the family of God. Sometimes when you thought you were doing something with a Christian and it was the very, thank God I've got a Christian to do, to do this with, you find out you'd have got better help from somebody out in the world. church and I'd always get a chair with my back to the corner. And they said, why are you sitting in the corner? I said, because I'm a pastor. I got I to gotta make sure there's something guarding my back, in other words, what I was saying. <laughs> I don't feel that way anymore. Just so you know, I was just a joke. I don't mean that. I don't feel that way. I don't feel like I got to guard my back here at all. And that's not, they say that seriously. I'm, I, 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 this is a different congregation. And don't you ever let it change. Not just for my sake, but for your sake and for the gospel's sake. We want to move forward with God. You stay on the right path with the man of God. Whether it's me or somebody else. You stay on the right track with the man of God. And if you can't, find a place where you can. Now, you say, well, somebody must have done something. Not that I know of. If so, and you hear about it, come and tell me, but I don't know it. I don't know of any problems. I'm not talking about problems in this church. Thank God I don't have to. But what I am talking about is being surrendered to the will of God. Because you see, when you're surrendered to the will of God, listen now. When you're surrendered to the will of God, when you stay on this path, when you're moving toward finishing your assignment, your problems get solved by God himself. You stay right with everybody else, and God will keep you right with him. I said something profound right there, in case you didn't get it. I'm going to say it again. You can go back and listen to it, but in case you don't do that, I'm going to say it again. You stay right with everybody else, and you will stay right with God. Think about it. Well, so... There are many scars of victory. And, and I'm like you. I have to remind myself oftentimes, sometimes several times a week I have to remind myself I'm on a path of victory. It doesn't always seem like it. But we sang songs this morning that proclaimed that it is true.
One of the songs we sang last week says this verse, and I had to sing it again last week. You may remember, one of the verses says, And on that day, when my strength is failing, the end draws near and my time has come. Still my soul will sing your praises. Ten thousand years and then forevermore. You come to the end of this race. You want to have lived in such a way that you're still praising God and that you're crossing the finish line in victory. And you can. You can. You can. It's a good thing not to quit. Looking at the clock. It's a good thing not to quit. I talked about Saul who became Paul not quitting in Damascus. Suppose Moses had quit at the Red Sea when he couldn't hold his hands up any longer. Aaron and her came up to hold his hands up and to help him. But suppose he just said, it's all right, guys, I, can't, I just can't make it anyway. Let's just quit. Then the Egyptians would have won the battle. And history would have been different. But he did not quit. When the Israelites came into the land of promise, they came to Jericho, a fortified city, stronger, buttressed with walls that would prohibit them from being able to conquer that city. And they couldn't pass by without conquering. They had to conquer as they went, or they would have been, had the enemy behind them, they would have been pinched in from both sides. So they had to conquer as they went. So they came to Jericho, and it looked like an impossible task. Those walls are too high. They're too thick. They're too strong. We don't have any way to break those walls down. We have no way to conquer this city. What can we do but just sit down and give up? But they didn't. Led by Joshua, he heard from God. And God gave him a plan. Listen, friend, the plan that God gives you may not always be the one that fits the plan that you read in the history book or the sociology book or even that you hear in the psalm. It may not be that plan. But if you know you've got God's plan, you can walk in it and you can conquer. So God told them, sometimes the things the Lord does recorded in his word and how he puts these things out amaze me. He told them as the, for their army, all of them, to march around the city once every day. And so they started. They said, well, basically, what do we have to lose? He said, I'll take care of this battle if you'll march around the city once every day. So they started marching around the city once every day. And as they walked, don't you think by the third or fourth day, some of them were saying, why are we doing this? Where is this guy Joshua doing? We'll see him. Why are we doing something as stupid as this? And the people up on the walls of the city of Jericho, believe me, they weren't just looking down and waving to him. They were saying, hey, you fools, what do you think this is going to do for you? Come on up against our spears. Let's see what you can do. If you want to fight a battle, come on, we're ready. All I mean, oh, the taunting that must have gone on. And I'm sure some of the guys marching in the ranks must have said, hey, let's see if we can slip off the night and not have to keep doing this. I feel like a fool out here doing this. But one kept the other one straight. They continued to do it. And, they, and the, how, the reason I know they were saying things like that is because I know the Israelites. I read about them for a long time from Genesis to Right up through all the Old Testament, so I know how they thought about things. So 
So now they come to the place that, they, that, that they're told that you've got one more thing to do after you've done this. You march around the wall for six days. Now, on the seventh day, the Lord has told us to march around the city seven times. And after we've marched around this city seven times and we get back to the point of our start, we have to been, begin to cry out the sword of the Lord and gain the, uh, no, That's another story. We have to cry out the victory of Joshua. Joshua's name. We have to cry out that this is the this is the triumph time. The Lord our God is mighty. He'll bring down the walls. All of that seemed very foolish. And a lot of people could have quit. Some may have for all we know. They could have quit. But they continued as a group, as an army, as a people. They continued to march until finally the walls came down. Someone, someone wrote, and I think there's a lot of credibility to this, that this wall couldn't have just crumbled because if it had it have still been so high from all the debris, they could have still gotten out over it. In all likelihood, what happened is that the walls came down by sinking into the ground that they were able to walk over it into the city and to conquer the city. In any event, they certainly conquered the city. And the reason they did is because they followed God's plan. They took their assignment and they lived by their assignment and they did not give up. They fulfilled the assignment that God had given them and in completing that assignment, they arrived at a victory. So they did not quit, and because they did not quit, they won the victory. They completed their assignment. They completed the race. There was a song that we used to sing a long time ago, and, and, and old, it's an old song. And it was, I'm going through no Pentecostal circles, you know, where I grew up. They sang a lot of songs that, that weren't sophisticated, they were just true. This song said, I'm going through, I'm going through. I'll pay the price, whatever others do. I'll take the way with the Lord's chosen few. I've started with Jesus, and I'm going through. In other words, I'm not going to quit. I've decided to follow Jesus, and I'm not going to give up. I'm going all the way with him. I'm going to complete this race. I'm going to finish the assignment that God has given me. And when Paul came to the end, when he came to the end, that's what he said. He looked back over his life and his ministry, what he spoke about in Acts chapter 20, verse 24. And he looked back over it all, he said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have finished my course. That's the important thing. He finished the course. He fought a good fight. He kept the faith, but in all of that, he finished the course. His life ended by execution, but he finished the course. He kept the assignment, and he did, where God, did what God had put him. So he stayed placed where God put him in his kingdom. And that place developed into a victory for him like no other. So I want to tell you today, that's what will happen to every one of us if we finish the assignment, if we complete the course. Back years ago when they were talking about the wars in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan, the, the uh, talking points continued to say we have to stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course. I'm not talking about politically or talking about that. 
is using that as an example to say that's what we have to say. In spite of all the opposition, in spite of all the contention that may go on, in spite of all that the enemy may throw of us, throw against us, we have to finish the course. We have to complete the assignment. And when we do, there's a reward. One of my favorite verses has come to be Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. I have a lot of favorite verses, and a lot of them are in Galatians. This is one that's come lately, strongly in my heart, as I stay with it and read it and quote it to myself again and again. And it says, let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. We will reap if we do not give up. Now, this is not talking about going in the field and reaping the harvest as a a worker in the kingdom. This is talking about staying the course. This is talking about finishing the course, completing the assignment. Let us not grow weary in doing good. For if we do not grow weary and quit in due season, the time will come when we will reap the benefit of finishing the course. We'll reap the benefit of completing the assignment because we didn't give up. So there, the word says, let me read it again. Let us not grow weary of doing good for in due season. We will reap. We will reap if we do not faint. So you will have a reward of blessing from God beyond expression, beyond definition, beyond explanation. You'll have a reward from God if you finish the course, if you complete the race, because you will reap that blessing. Your reaping will be all the blessings that God pours out because we have finished our assignment, because we completed his calling that he placed upon us. We did what pleased him and lived our life for his glory. When that is the case, we will reap the benefits. I want to be a reaper, don't you? I want to be a reaper. And you won't be if you quit in your assignment. You won't be if you give up on the course. You won't be if you quit the race. You won't be a reaper. You'll be a reaper if you do not grow weary, if you maintain your course, if you finish your assignment. We will reap if we think not. So, friend, for Christian, believer, fellow walker with Jesus Christ, don't quit in what he's called you to do. Don't quit in your Christian life. Don't give up your victory. It's there for you if you stay with him, walk with him, and live that life faithfully he's called you to live. Finish your course. Complete your race. And you'll reap the benefits of the blessings of God. Is that a victory? Is that a, is that a victory? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm a reaper. I plan to be a reaper. I plan to be a reaper right over the plan. All right, how many reapers are there here? Are you a reaper? You want to reap the benefit of finishing the course, completing the assignment. I'm a reaper. Glory to God. And if you want to be a reaper, you can be. Stand fast with him. I've preached to you messages from this pulpit about standing. I've preached to you about standing fast. 
I preach you, and I stand there for all of that from the book of Galatians. I preach you, I preach this very same thing without the same words, I hope, and without the same points. But I preach the essence of this same message to you again and again. You have to stay the course. You have to complete the assignment. You have to finish the race if you're going to live the life of victory with God's plan for you. That's the ultimate plan of God for you, that you finish the race, glory to God, and that you win the race, and you win it by finishing it. You win it by finishing it. Hallelujah. It isn't worth worth anything the world can give you to give it up. It isn't worth anything that the world can promise you to give it up. I had no idea. I I hope I don't disturb you by saying that. I had no idea when I started out on this path so many years ago that I would still be doing what I'm doing right now. I had no idea. I couldn't have even imagined it. In fact, and I don't, please don't take this being morbid. I never thought I'd live this long. I'm, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying I didn't. You know, I always, some reason in the early, my early life, I always thought I would die an early death. I don't know what that was. But I didn't. So, 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 so I want to tell you this. I want to tell you this. You can finish in victory. And you can come to the last stages of finishing your assignment. And you will find that he's more precious than he was in the beginning. You'll find that the longer you serve him, the sweeter he grows. You'll find that the more you know him, the more you want to know him. And Jesus will make the difference if you let him, if you let him. Jesus will make the difference in everything. In your life, if you let him, Jesus will make the difference in everything. Walk out of here today with this determination. I am going to serve him more steadfastly, more completely, with greater surrender and dedication than I ever have in all of my life. In all of my life. I want the last years to be the best years. For you and for me, I want the journey to prove the way it's proven to be so far. I want it to still prove it, and I believe it will. I know it will. That the longer... I walk this pathway, the more joy there is in doing it. The longer I serve him, the more joy there is in serving him. And the longer you serve him, the more you're going to want the great things of God promised to you fulfilled in your life. And you will find it. That is God's plan for you as you complete your assignment given to you by God. Everybody stand with me, please.